Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Hey, I'm just saying, if I don't 
I don't need to talk about it. Like my players are doing all the talking. All my oh. my drafted players are doing oh. all my fantasy trash talk right now. So oh, and if you notice, I mismanaged my team. And if I had started the right players, I should have beaten you. So it's not like I did well, a difference on my bench. Oh well, yeah, well, I screwed up, and I'll admit that shit. Sorry, oh my sorry. God. Oh, well. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> let's, 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 let, let's have the boxer separate to the shepherd corners here. Great, let's get them oh, back to separate goodness. corners here. <laughs> but let's talk about this game, everybody. Eagles lose 20 to 10. It was not good. The offense once again looked just terrible. Or as the world of Charles Barkley, just terrible. Just looked terrible, man. Just looked terrible. And the Eagles look terrible on offense. Uh, the offensive line is looking poorest at best. The running game, DeMarco Murray, 13 carries, two yards. Yeah, you heard me, folks. 13 carries, two yards. Uh, Bradford looked off 23-37 for 224, a touchdown and two INTs. Wide receivers dropping passes. It was not good. The ratio was 37 passes to 15 carries. Ryan Matthews, one carry for zero yards. Darren Sproles. One carry for minus four yards. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know where you go with these stats. I mean, let's just start off. Are we – Are we? Uh, let's just start off with this. Are you pressing the panic button? I'm going to go to a D.O. because a D.O. wrote last Tuesday how the, for the Eagles to win, they had to feed DeMarco Murray the ball, and they fed him, but it didn't do nothing because his offensive line struggled once again. And the deal you did, you said this vehemently every, all all this week, all this past week about how this was not a must-win game. What are your thoughts after tonight's? I mean, after today's loss. I'm still amazingly enough amidst all of the. Oh my God, the offense couldn't move. Oh my God, what are we gonna do? Oh my God, are we gonna have to push the panic button? Amazingly enough, I'm still not there. As crazy as that sounds, yes, the Cowboys are 2-0. Yes, the Eagles are 0-2. But it is still early in the season. October hasn't approached quite yet. And the Cowboys are going to be DeMarco Murray-less. They're going to be Des Bryant-less. And they're going to be now Tony Romo-less for several weeks of the season. So we'll get those two games back. We'll get them back as soon as this offense gets together. And I've been saying this for the – I said this all throughout the Atlanta game. I said it much of this week. And, Jovan, you kind of touched on it. This offensive line, I don't know what's going on. And I think part of it is cutting Evan Mathis. I mean, you can't just – simply cut a Pro Bowl left guard and not expect there to be ramifications. Angela is one of those people that kind of loves stats, so here's a stat Here's a stat for you. And let's, I'll just throw it out there and just leave it at that. From 2002 to 2014, Evan Mathis' dominant years with the Eagles at left guard, for those two years, any run plays run to the left side of that offensive line. So you're talking Kelsey, Mathis, Jason Peters. Those two years, 4.66 yards per carry. This year, two games, same scenario, 2.75. That's a 
significant drop off. And I think, drop off. I think that culture may win football games, but it also helps to have talent, especially in the trenches. Yep. yep. And I think Honestly, Jason Kelsey is probably the only person in the trenches for the offensive line that has any talent. I'm not really sure what is going on with Jason Peters. But that this offensive line, minus their two really good guards that they've had, it's not the same, and we're seeing it right now. Mm-hmm, definitely. Angela, chime in. Okay. All right. This might make me really unpopular. And if it does, you know that I really don't care either way. You know that I don't really care either way. But it just gets, comes down to the fact where it's like offensive genius, like my ass, you, you egomaniac. All of the cuts and all of this, that, and the third have affected the team. I, I, I mean, can we take a mulligan on the next full trade? I just don't – I don't see how Sam Bradford makes us any better. And – the Rams lost today, which you know why that killed me. But you know that yep. that sixty year that sixty yard pass that Nick Foles threw up there to Kenny Britt was a thing of beauty. That was just it was placed very well. They just don't really have that kind of threat. And when you're spending half the game wondering when Mark Sanchez is going to come in, obviously your quarterback is not really doing it for you. And no, that's a- He's afraid. He's afraid to throw the deep ball, and you don't really ha- you don't have a you don't have any kind of offensive presence to make the defense run from the line. So they can't get any kind of run game going. And it was just it was bad all around. It was freaking awful the whole way around. There was there's no redeeming qualities about that game at all. So if anyone honestly can like come up with some good points from that game, I applaud you for that. But if you can't look at that game and see nothing but concern, then then you're being realistic. That's just that's just the thing. That game you started off the season with a conference record of O and two. So basically your wild card hopes are all but dashed in the second week of the season. No, yeah, this could no, be a division. That's a great point. Yeah, and this division could be won with an eight and eight record with how things are going right now, and not to be determined. But you're in week two, and your wild card hopes are, hopes are dashed. You would hope to not be in that situation so early. So they don't really put themselves in any type of really, you know, favorable situation in, in the coming weeks and stuff and it's just it looked really bad today it was awful it was terrible I mean I, I think a lot of us would agree that that's like one of the worst performances we've seen by an Eagles team in the past you know what decade no you're right it has been one of the worst uh, it has been one of the worst performances we've seen a la Andy Reid's last game with the organization where the Eagles totally stunk it up against the Giants and players just totally just quit that game and just and just blew it off but Jalil you just your thoughts on the game and I was talking to our friend Noel today and he said that you know that Chip Kelly he said the problem he's thinking that the problem is with this Eagles team is that Chip Kelly sh- should not have control over roster personnel. 
So with in conjunction of what you thought on tonight's game, do you think this is also an issue with the culture over scheme and what Adio said about the talent? And you need talent because we saw we got there's no Harrimans, there's no Mastis, there's no Foles, there's no McCoy, there's no Deshaun, there's no Macklin. Well, all those just in combined is what is should shit have roster control and your just your thoughts on tonight, on today's game. Well, there's a few things when it comes to the the game, and then there's a completely different thing when it comes to whether or not Chip Kelly should have roster control. Um, mm-hmm. To be honest with you, Jeffrey Laurie has always been the type of owner who would want his head coach to have roster control. That's the way he wanted it, and that's what he said that he wanted when he hired Andy Reid in the beginning. Um, he wanted someone who could control the roster. Um, and when he got rid of Andy Reid, he made a statement two weeks later that basically said, you know, if you feel as though your your coach can't control uh, football operations, then you we've got the wrong coach. So, in my opinion, it was always his plan to hire Chip Kelly to have roster control. He just wanted to smooth him into it with Howie Roseman. Now, when it comes to this game, it's definitely one of the more one of the uh, worst games I've ever seen. But um, I will say this. Uh, I'm not willing to hit the panic button yet. And the only reason mm-hmm. I'm not willing to do that, the only reason I'm not willing to do that is simply because Tony Romo was hurt. Um, yeah. And and when the best quarterback in the division goes down, yes, Tony Romo is the best quarterback in the division at right now, uh, mm-hmm. then anything can happen. Um so I will say this. I think that uh, the Eagles had a lot of things working against them today. Um, they, First of all, whenever you go against a team and they have 14 penalties called against them and you still lose, uh, you've got a really big issue. Um, Dallas were shooting themselves in the foot all game long, and the Eagles were just unable to capitalize. I think that we saw Byron Maxwell get exposed Again, um, on a couple different plays, he's out there arm tackling. He's whiffing really hard, and that one slant to uh, Terrence Williams was absolute was just absolutely terrible uh, technique. So there's a lot of things that I can go into with this. Um, but I don't want to take up all your time. <laughs> so I'll just say this and shit. I don't like. I'll just say this and shit. It was a bad game, man. I mean, I can go from each and every unit. You know, it's just you don't even need to look at the coach's tape to see how bad this can work. <laughs> uh, everyone, everyone should go back to the drawing board. You know, I, I think that there's literally not much good to look at for this game, and because of that, I think I literally think that the coaches tomorrow uh, are going to show the Eagles a half hour of what happened out of this game, and they're going to be on to next on to the next team for next week. Like, there's not much to really look at because everyone screwed right. up. So. I mean, that's my take on it. No, you that's, 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 that's excellent. That's excellent. Like you said, there's really no good that you come out with this game and you hit on one player in particular that everybody has been talking about for the past two weeks with the memes, putting the Jordan crying, emoji, crying meme on this man's face to a piece of burnt toast on this man's, on this man's face. And that is Byron Maxwell. Maxwell gives up a TD on a zero, on a zero blitz gives up a touchdown and basically just says, huh, hell with it, go ahead, Terrence Williams, go right past me. Um, 
I saw this tonight. Somebody said that on my somebody said this on my Facebook that Byron Maxwell is basically Namdi Asamoah two point And before we get into that state, before we get into into that statement, Brian Westbrook made an excellent point tonight on on on, on the post game show, and he, and he and he was talking about the defense and talking about the cornerbacks, and he says. Byron Maxwell came from a Seattle team where they didn't play men. It was zone. They played zone, and that's what made everybody, that's what you know that he's used to. That's what Byron Maxwell is used to, and that's what they're all used to. He said, and now he comes to the Eagles where Billy Davis wants him to play man. He's not a man corner. He's not a man corner. And he said, maybe Norm Carroll's not a man corner either. He's a a zone guy, and he said, it's up to the coaches and the personnel to put their players in positions to be successful. If you got to play zone, you got to play zone. And then he said, and it's almost like to reference Anami Asamoah, he said, Asamoah, when he got here, they wanted him to play man. But in Oakland, he was a zone corner. So with that being said, Angela is, and I'm going to get everybody to chime in, chime in on this, is Byron Maxwell, Anami Asamoah 2.0. I don't really think so. I think, you know, when Namdi came here, he wasn't really a product of a good defense. Um, Byron Maxwell was much a product of a really good defense. But, you know, if you're going to build your defensive scheme around certain players, you have to cater it and and tweak it to their strengths. Uh-huh. You you can't just, like, put established NFL players in a scheme that's foreign to them and say, this is how we're going to go, and this is what we're going to do. I don't know. I think the default lands on the Eagles at some point, too. Yeah, you can also attribute some things to Byron Maxwell just being a member of a really good defense for a lot of years, but he's also a really good defensive player, and if they want to – expose him for his strengths, and they really need to adjust the defensive scheme to, you know, cater to him and, and, and other players as well. You can't just say, oh, here you go. We're just going to chuck you into this. And I think that's like you said. They did that with Namdi, and Namdi really didn't work out here at all. Yeah, they did. They did. And and and, and the deal, you know, with that, with with those, with that, with just everything we said, and you had Cowboys fans today, Cowboys fans with the nerve to call Byron Maxwell garbage, that he is overrated and trash, but they don't look at the flaming hot trash that they have in their secondary with Brandon Carr, Skandrick when he was healthy, uh, uh, Morris Claiborne, uh, uh, Tyler Patman. Same thing. Do you think Byron, do, do, do do you agree with the statement that Byron Maxwell is Nami two point I you know, you know me last week, I was one of the first to rush to Byron Maxwell's defense when yep. Julio Jones pretty much dusted him all game last week. I mean, whatever, it's mm-hmm. Julio Jones. What are you gonna do? Right. There uh I can't defend him for Terrence Williams. I can't. Four catches for 84 yards and a touchdown touchdown on seven targets. I cannot defend him for this performance this afternoon. 21 yards of reception for Terrence Williams, just that is 100% flat-out unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what it is about his technique, what he's being taught, what he is just trying to do on his own, but it's not working. And if 
Billy Davis's scheme isn't working with the personnel that he has, then there has been some serious miscommunication between Billy Davis and the head of roster control, Chair Kelly. There's a serious disconnect there, and that needs to get cleared up. Or either Billy Davis is going to be looking for a new job, or both Billy Davis and Chip Kelly are going to be looking for new jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's going it's it's gonna get it's gonna get really ugly really quick unless they figure this thing out. Definitely, definitely. And um you're right about that. It could get uh, it could it could get it could get ugly. Like you said, you were the first to, you were the first to defend Maxwell last week. And like you said, he can't really this week and we saw this week Julio still doing damage. We saw OBJ just destroy Robert Alford and no relation to me by the way. Uh, just totally destroy uh, the, the Atlanta Falcons corner by himself, and you know it also brings me to this question, Jalil. All right, it's like, are you? It's a two. It's a two. It's a two-part question. Are you concerned about the Eagles' defense right now because we have injuries both to Kiko? Alonzo and Michael Kendricks, according to Jason Cole, a bleach report, Kiko would have an MRI on his knee. We were holding his breath because he did not come back in the game with a left knee injury. And also, do you still have the do you still have hopes? This just goes back to what we began the show with. Do you still have hopes that the Eagles can turn this ship around, especially with the e, with the NFC East being so topsy turvy, Kirk Cousins gets their win, Eli, you know, the Giants zero and two after, you know, you can't spell elite without Eli. And now the Cowboys are depending on Brandon Whedon. So basically, two part question here. Uh, I will say this: um, I am not worried about the Eagles' defense. I will tell you that I am worried about Kiko and Michael Kendricks. Now, the reason I'm not worried about the Eagles' defense is because I'm not sure whether those two are healthy or not. Uh-huh. Uh, when I find out, you know, clear information on those two, I can give you an exact answer on whether we should be worried. Although I right. can say. Uh, that Jordan Hicks did play pretty well today, filling in that inside linebacker. Um, Agree. I will say this, though, when it comes to that Namdi Asimov question and the comparison with Byron Maxwell. Byron Maxwell is not Mm -hmm. Namdi 2.0, but it's not for the reason that you (laughs) think it is. Uh, Right. uh, Namdi, at one point, was a number one corner. Um, And uh, Maxwell never was. Maxwell played in a zone system. You're absolutely right. Namdi played in a man system. Um, and not only that, but Maxwell is, is uh, very uncomfortable in the scheme that he's in right now. And the reason for that yeah, is because probably. he's playing so much man that when he finally does get to play zone, uh, he's getting burned. And he First of all, and he plays his man like he plays zone. See, the Seattle Seahawks defense is so good because they played so much cover three, and those corners were so good that you weren't sure whether they were in a man or a zone all the time because they were always all over the receivers. Um, But when it comes to our defense, I'm not worried. Uh, We have to look at it objectively here. The Eagles Mm -hmm. effectively gave up one touchdown today to the defense. Um, The defense gave up one touchdown, and that was the uh, 42-yard pass uh, that Byron Maxwell blew. Um, other than that, the defense was very solid today. I mean, if you think about it, uh, the only other touchdown of the day was the only other touchdown that the Cowboys had was a 26-yard, you know, a blocked punt. 
So, I mean, you're not going to get that every week, you know. Uh, I will say, I'll also say this. I am worried um, about uh, our our pass rush. We're not getting mm-hmm. there. Right. Um, or at least we're not getting there as often when we need to get there. And I think that the reason for that is because of our depth at outside linebacker. Barwin is playing every snap, so they are um, – they're they're rolling off they're rolling linemen to him, but Brandon Graham is not is not as effective as he was last year in limited time, um, and that's mm-hmm. what happens when you get rid of someone like Trent Cole, who was basically you know as an outside linebacker, a run stop specialist, while Brandon Graham came in and, and became the pass rush guy. So right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Eagles defense right now. I'm not worried about it only because they actually did play well today. Effectively, the Eagles' defense gave up 13 points, you know. So, I mean, any other game, your offense has to put up 13 points. You know, if no one would have expected the Eagles to go in there and drop 10 points, you know. So, I think that the Eagles' defense played well. It is all on the offense right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, that's that's basically what I'm paying – my full attention to right now. Definitely, the offense is key in a deal. They have after this game, they gotta they gotta move on and take on and take on the New York Jets team that will be playing tomorrow night, Monday Night Football against the Indianapolis Colts. But just like this team, just like this this Jets team, their offense is pedestrian to say the least. They're not a high power offense, but their defense has playmakers on that in their front seven. And their secondary boasts a couple of good uh, a couple of good players, including Revis Island on one side and um and Buster Screen and Buster Scrying on the other one with Marcus Gilchrist. With all those in, with all those play with all those players named on their defense group show, the Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, Leonard Williams, with all that being said, can the offense get back on track next week against the Jets? They're gonna have to. It has become, it has become not must win for the team, but it is now must perform for that offense against a very talented, very rough New York Jets team in New Jersey. Going down 0-2 is one thing, but if you come back from that road trip at New York at Washington. Those are two winnable games. You could easily come back two and two and everything's everything's cool. We're starting from ground zero again. But think about this. They lose to the Jets. And then somehow Washington surprises them. You're talking about 0 and four going into that oh. home game against the Saints. And then oh, the Giants come to, and then the Giants come to town the week after. And then they have to go to Carolina the week after that. And then the bye week. I'm not saying it's I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but looking at this schedule and looking at the way this offense is performing and looking at the way some of these defenses are looking cuz Washington's defense is looking pretty average. You're I don't want to say it, but 2 and uh 2 and 5 could be very possible. Two and five is in play. Oh, wow. Three and wow. three and four is in play. I mean, 
I think you have to come out of this Jets game with a win. I think it's 100% necessary at this point. Yeah. Because I, I'll, I wasn't ready to say it against the Cowboys this week, but I'll say it against the Jets just next week. Next week is a must-win game because mm-hmm. you have to show that you can get this thing together and turn it around because you don't want this snowball to keep forming and getting more steam and getting more traction because then you're talking about going having a terrible record going into the bye week. And then you have to go on the road at Dallas right after the bye week and then have to welcome the Dolphins the very next week after that. Yeah. This has got to be a short turnaround, and it needs to happen now. No, you're you're def you're definitely right about that. And if they in in their first seven games go two and five, we could be looking at a top ten team in the draft, aka uh let's look at who our future quarterback may be, Connor Cook, Christian Hackenberg, Jared Goff type Dak territory. <laughs> well Dak well, Dak hasn't reached first-round level, but, you know, with the way this season is going and possibly could go, we could be talking a 2016 quarterback draft prospect before it's over, including Dak. But hopefully we don't have to cross that bridge yet, but it looks that bad. Um, that's going to wrap up. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry. Sneezing. His allergies. I, I just randomly <laughs> sneeze out Trayvon Boykin. I don't know what happened there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, we are on the Trayvon Boykin bandwagon, me and you. We're on oh yeah, we were we were there and, last year. We're, we're driving yeah, everybody at this point. Everybody, they're just catching up. They're just catching up. <laughs> yeah. And that's going. And that's going to wrap up the podcast tonight here on Blog Talk Radio. I'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in. Um, we'll be back same time, same place next week. Hopefully the Eagles come out with a victory. If not, it could get ugly on this podcast. But, hey, uh, if you miss anything, make sure you check it out on the TuneIn Radio app. And make sure you check out TotalSportsLive.com for a whole bunch of Eagles coverage this week, especially for a couple stories afterwards, like morning after type stuff. So be on the prepare and look out for that. For me, Adio, Jalil, Angela, everybody have a good night, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Good night.